Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. An Elio's original. And welcome to Web Crawlers. This is our Friday mini episode where we will talk about everything mysterious, confusing, weird, true crime, occult, and supernatural, but in a shorter time frame sometimes. I am Ali Siegel. I am Melissa Stettin. And I, producer Maria. Today, we are going to get into the ever-elusive NFT Something that has been a hot topic lately and something I don't understand whatsoever. Per usual, Melissa is going to try to explain it to us, maybe Maria a little bit. And then we have two fantastic (laughs) guests on who actually know what they're speaking about. So we're very fortunate to have them. Melissa. Yes, Allie? Explain it to me like I'm me. (laughs) What is is this whole thing? (laughs) So I have a very basic understanding of what an NFT is. It stands for non-fungible token. Okay. Here's a quote that I read about fungibility. Fungibility is a good or assets interchangeability with other individual goods or assets of the same type. Here's an example. Allie, you borrow $100 from Maria. Uh-oh. Okay. I'm sweating. (laughs) So am I. To pay her back, do you really need to give her that same exact $100 bill? No, you don't. No. You can pay her back with another $100 bill, or you could give her two $50 bills, $10 bills, and it'll be perfectly fine because, you know, most currencies, for the most part, are fungible. That's what fungible means. Okay. Now, let's suppose Allie borrows Maria's car. Oh, 
gonna go on a joyride. You better give me back that car. Here's two, like here's like the front end and yeah. the back end of two different cars. Well, that's there. You go. Will Will Maria be okay with Allie returning like some other car to her? What if you break up the car into parts? You give her the engine, the wheels, the door. Will Maria be happy? No, no. she she won't be. I'll be pissed. Yeah. So what happened here? So a car counts as a collectible. It, that's why it's non-fungible. Non-fungible. Yes. Yeah. So a car is like a collectible, which is why it's non-fungible. You can't funge it around. You can't like dollars. You can funge around to okay. make them in like, you know, four quarters makes a dollar. It can. There's multiple ways you can pay someone back. I like turning it into a verb. So I can like funge Fun- around. Fungy. I can funge around my money, but I can't. Funge it around. I yeah. can't funge. I can't funge Maria's car. Exactly. Mm-hmm. There you go. The fundamental difference between a fungible asset and a non-fungible asset is just that you cannot interchange okay. a non-fungible asset. Like $100 in Bitcoin, $100 in cash, fungible. I have a question that might derail us. Oh boy. And you can come back you can come back to it later. But like crypto isn't like a real because later on, we're going to be talking about how like crypto is bad for the environment or something like that. Yes. Crypto isn't like a real thing, right? It's not like an actual token or like. No, a but it takes energy and power to create it. It's just a series of algorithms just created these numbers, but there's a lot of computers and things that go into it. I don't know exactly how yeah. it's created. It's so complicated, but it takes a lot of energy. And people are saying that's bad for the environment. Well, yeah, because it uses a lot of energy. Like when you run your computer, you have to run hundreds of computers at the same time. I find it so hard to believe. But I mean, I guess it's true if people are saying this. Well, I mean, people can say anything. That If like- you had a thousand computers in your house and you were running them 24 hours a day for a year, you would be your electricity bill would be insane and you would be using up so much energy. Yeah, of course, but like... And it's bad for the environment. Of course, I understand that. But I mean, it just seems so, um, I don't know, surprising to me. Bit- Bitcoin requires that much energy when people are doing so many other things on the computer that oh, I imagine sure. also expend a lot of energy. Like I'm surprised... It all adds up. Like I'm surprised it's that bad. it's like Bitcoin's horrible for the environment. Like what about like people who keep their Christmas lights up all year? Well, if they're LEDs, if they're LEDs, not that bad. Okay, true. All right. Well, there goes my Christians are bad for the environment. And we can have hopefully (laughs) our hopefully our first guest will be able to explain explain this this better because that's what they specialize in. Okay, so like so your car or your house or your pet or an NBA trading card non fungible because they're like unique. They're like you can't you know can't be replaced. Yeah, currencies gain more value by their fungibility. The more widely accepted a specific currency is, like Bitcoin, the more people will use it and the more its perceived value will be. So everyone's like, oh, Bitcoin's valuable. People just decided all of a sudden that Bitcoin is valuable and now it is. That's with a lot of cryptocurrencies. Or people think, you know, NBA trading cards are valuable. Baseball cards are valuable. If enough people think it's valuable, then you can make money off of it. It's like the Princess Diana Beanie Baby, like all of a sudden. Exactly. Or um, the Tickle Me Elmo. Exactly. And that was a fad. So it wasn't like, that's why money, that's why it's not currency. That's why like these things are often fads. 
Yeah. Well, in the circles Allie runs in the art currency. <laughs> I'll trade you one Tickle Me Elmo. <laughs> I wonder how how much is a Princess Diana Beanie Baby on eBay right now? Do people still well, sell Well, I'll tell them? you, I tried to sell my Princess Diana Beanie Baby on eBay <laughs> a few years ago. Uh, and also there was Aaron, the St. Patrick's Day bear, which are both expensive bears. Uh, I tried to what? sell. I had that one. Yeah, it's expensive. I tried to sell them on eBay for $800 and got no <gasps> takers. Wow. Did you get any yeah. bids? No, zero bids. Or you put it up for 800 and no one, everyone was <laughs> yeah, like, no. No, no bids. Yeah. <laughs> you should have no put dice. up for $5. <laughs> I know. So <laughs> NFTs, they are created with a bunch of computers running algorithms and equations and these all go into like this string of letters and numbers which is known as a digital ledger which goes into a blockchain so a blockchain is just when you see all these numbers strings of numbers like like that's a like the matrix okay yes exactly i'm like doing very well you are doing well (laughs) yeah you are So most NFTs are part of the Ethereum blockchain. And you've heard of Ethereum, right? It's a cryptocurrency. Oh, never mind. (laughs) What did you think it was? Oh, because I watched this movie. I I watched this movie, uh, Dark Web, Friend Zone Dark Web or something like that. And they pay for bad stuff with Ethereum. Well, it's a cryptocurrency. It's non, you can't track. Like Bitcoin, you can't track where it came from. So that's where you buy all your drugs. They're paying for like snuff with Ethereum. Okay. That's but I bad. guess it's what you do with it. It's it's not the thing that's bad. It's what you use it for. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you could use you could use cash to pay for horrible things. You know. <laughs> yeah, like becoming a, a patron. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they're so they're on a thing called the Ethereum blockchain. So Ethereum's a cryptocurrency. It's like Bitcoin or Dogecoin, but the blockchain that it lives on also supports these NFTs, these non fungible tokens. Oh, really quick, just so I can see it visually. These blockchains live in different planes. Like like the Ethereum blockchain is not the same as the Bitcoin blockchain. Correct. That's what makes all the cryptocurrencies. So it would different. be it would be kinda like trying to pay for my lunch with like Swedish money. Exactly. And then they'd go they'd go like, Well, this we're not in Sweden and then you'd be like, Well, yeah. That's yeah. exactly right. That's a I good know. good explanation. That's good. Thank you. Oh my god, we're all I know doing this is really great. Well. And then we get our guests on. Allie, she's like, "What are you giving?" I... <laughs> she's like, "You guys are fucking what? idiots." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So you think of an NFT as a certificate of authenticity, but wow. instead of a sheet of paper, it's a unique string of characters like zero x six o f one eight two blah 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 blah. So that string is connected to a blockchain, and that is what powers cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. So the main difference is that Bitcoins, again, are fungible, Mm. which means they are like whatever, interchangeable. And NFTs are non-fungible. So each NFT is unique. Each Mm. one is different because there are all these different codes, letters, numbers, whatever. It's like they all have their own like serial number. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. this is going very well. I didn't think yeah. this would go very well. The student has become the teacher. Ooh, the student has become the studie. <laughs> the Tickle Me Elmo has become the oh, Princess no. Diana Beanie Baby. 
So NFTs can be anything digital. They can be drawings. They can be music. But a lot of like this current excitement is around using it to sell digital art. The thing is, you can copy a digital file as many times as you want, including the art that's included in the NFT. You can copy, you can copy it. But the NFTs are designed to give you something that can't be copied, which is ownership of the work. So you can have a picture, you can have JPEGs, you can have whatever, but you don't have the actual, it's like you have a Monet in your house and there are so many replicas. You buy a print of Monet, you can buy this, but only one person can have the original. But my question is this, like what's the benefit to that? Maybe you have the original art that, um, what's Elon Musk's Grimes made? You have one of Grimes's NFT artworks and you own that original NFT. But then other people can just download the JPEG or whatever and have that. So what's sure. the benefit to having the original? Well, it's like having the original, an original painting of something. It's worth money. You get bragging rights. You own something that other people think is valuable. But at least with a Monet, you it's tangible. You could put it in, like, you could say, like, oh, these were the paint strokes that Monet used. Like, we can see that. Yes, but with this, it's mostly for bragging rights and to have ownership and because other people think that it's valuable, which is what is kind of gross about it. It's just saying like, oh, I own this. I own the rights to this. And But other, if other people want to buy it, though, that's why it's valuable. Because it's weird to me that there's not even like a copyright thing. Like it's not like every time someone... There is. Well, no, but I mean like every time someone downloads the JPEG, it's not like the person who owns it gets money, do they? No, the thing with NFTs is that every time you sell it, every time it exchanges hands, the original owner can put like 10% residual on it. So every time it exchanges hands, the artist is still getting paid. I mean, I understand how it benefits the artist. I don't understand how it ever benefits anyone who's purchasing. It's because other people think it's valuable. I feel like we're talking about the internet in like 1985. <laughs> you know, like we just don't get it. I'm sorry, but it just isn't going to work. Have you seen those old news clips from like people yeah, are like this internet. internet thing? I don't know if it's going to take off. It's so yeah. funny. There's no way that this this is going to like, this fad is going to die out. Like this makes no sense. Well, I understand how, like with something like art, I don't think it makes sense. Like I understand, let's say Joe Rogan made an episode of his podcast in NFT. I can understand how that could be valuable, like owning that yes. property or something like, or, you know, someone owns a song or something. I understand how yes. there can be value in that. But like Grimes drawing a stick figure or like some other wackadoo, like I just don't understand. I don't understand that part, you know? It's because other people think it has value as well. If enough people think something has value, you can sell it. Yeah, but it's like now my Princess Diana Beanie Baby, I couldn't give it away for free. So it's like... I'll take it off your hands. <laughs> well, now I actually don't know where it is. I think one of my older oh, brothers took it. Oh, no, it's going to come back around <laughs> the Beanie Babies are going to be. Okay, yeah. so... Do you guys know who Beeple is? Didn't he do that weird duck or something? He's Yeah, he's that artist who he's made like one piece of digital art every day for the past 10 years or something. And he ended up selling one of his pieces of artwork for $69 million. It was auctioned at Christie's. I think this is so stupid, guys. Well, don't be saying that. We've got a piece of NFT artwork that we're putting out in the world today. Yeah, we've got three. Well, apparently it's horrible for the environment. 
Well, that it's controversial. <laughs> so what's the point? So here, what, what's, what's the point of all this? So exactly. if you're an artist, it gives you a way to sell your artwork that otherwise might not be um, a market for. And so also NFTs have a feature that you can enable that will pay you a percentage every time it's sold, making sure that if your work gets super popular and balloons in value, you'll always see some of that benefit. So that's good. May I ask a question? This is interesting. Nope. Yes. Oh, well, I was just going to say, well, it's very interesting, especially because so much, you know, in who knows in 20 years, is our world going to be completely digital, you know, or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it just, it now lends itself to being like artists. This is the road to artists owning their work. Exactly. Okay, 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 Maria, you've just uh, activated my lizard brain. <laughs> when, I, when, I, <laughs> when I was a computer teacher... I used to do a lot of virtual tours of museums with the kids. Like you could do a virtual oh. tour and like um, you could go through like the Louvre or, you know, whatever. That's cool. So That's it's awesome. interesting to think that like, you know, like you said, like maybe in the future, everything's going to be digital. Perhaps you have like full digital museums full of NFTs, like an NFT, an NFT digital museum. Exactly. Wait, wait, Allie's museum wait. and it's all Princess Diana <laughs> baby dolls. Why don't we? Why don't we create the first NFT museum? We should. Does that we even should. exist? Um, I don't. I don't know. We can people, ask. We'll, we'll we can, ask. We can curate an NFT museum where people can display their art and people can go see. Does my arm look like kind of skinny right now? <laughs> <laughs> looks like yeah it's very not muscular in real life. um that would be really interesting so it makes it i see in that sense because i'm like what are you gonna yes. do if you buy a picture print it out and like paste it on your wall but if you think about it in like the digital sense that could be kind of interesting like a digital museum or some sort of digital forum like that oh well i was gonna say like the kings of leon thing they just put out right their, they did their newest album is an nft which means that they completely own it and if anyone were to ever sell there if basically the money will always come back to exactly them. so one of the benefits of being a buyer is that it lets you financially support artists you like like directly instead of like right. buying through a gallery they only get commission buying music through itunes blah 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 you can just give money directly to the artists and so buying an NFT also usually gets you some basic usage rights. Mm. So like you're able to like if you own this piece of artwork, you're able to like use it in whatever, like the, this, there's rights that you have with the artwork to like display it. So who would pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for what basically amounts to a trading card, which is like the NBA top shot thing. But that's what makes NFTs so like confusing is that some people treat them like they're the future of fine art collecting. And some people treat them like they're Pokemon cards. Huh. Because if you're going to put on a VR helmet and live your life in a digital yeah. world, then then you, you know, then you are going to need art around your digital house. Exactly. You know, people think that there's like a, a theory that the reason VR was created is because the world's going to end and we're going to have to live our life through VR. Like we're all going to like love it, live in caves because the world's going to like explode because of nuclear war. And we're all going to be like living in these like tin bunkers and, and our whole world is just going to be VR. Great. Wow. Sign me up. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyways so nba's top shot is a good example for like trading cards which i own i have nine 
So Top Shot's a digital platform with its own trading cards that use NFTs. So the NBA is selling these digital packs of cards. They've been like super high in demand. There's actually a drop in about 15 minutes. Oh, shit. That I, that I need be... to sign up for. Yeah, I was going to Well, say. they're really hard to get. You sign up and then you're randomly assigned a spot in line. I've, I've gotten a few. I've gotten a few. So you can showcase your cards online. They're moments. That's like... Kawhi Leonard has a sick dunk and like that's what you own and they're like serial numbers and like the lower wow. the number you have the more valuable it is so do you display yours anywhere like do you like I have don't, a website with all your because I'm not a nerd but like <laughs> you can do these things called showcases which like you can send showcase people can like see all your oh. see all your shots but I'm not cool. a nerd so Jack Dorsey uh, Twitter CEO he put up uh, his first tweet up for auction and it's oh, wow. it's hit 2.5 million dollars. So some I read that NFTs in most cases are quote unquote a geeky implementation of bragging rights. They're also probably yeah. pretty classist. Sure, yeah. Yeah, that's what happens. It's is the it art all world. Art, Allie? People well, like that art. Yeah. 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 yeah that's yeah, a whole yeah. other episode, you know. Um <laughs> and then there's climate <laughs> issues cuz mining bitcoin takes a lot of energy from tons of computers. Like mining Bitcoin is the most confusing. <laughs> I had all morning yeah. after you said that phrase, I was like, okay, Bitcoin's like a metal. I had no idea. And I thought like miners you got it. Like it. a Minecraft character, like in digital <laughs> world, literally mining. Like oil yeah. rigs. <laughs> like, like I was so confused. They need to have another phrase other than mining Bitcoin. Oh, well, our our first guest is in the waiting room. Should we Ooh, let her yes. in? So now we're going to talk to Kathleen Brightman. She is a co-founder of Tezos, and she is going to explain to us what's an NFT, what's a blockchain. Welcome, Kathleen. Thank you for coming on. And oh, yeah, sure thing. I mean, if if I can't give an impromptu interview about the things I work on all day, I'm I'm really in trouble, aren't I? So, what exactly do you do? You're the co-founder of Tezos. So, what is that? Tezos is a cryptocurrency. Um, it's a smart contract platform in many ways, um, very similar to Ethereum. Um, however, one key difference is Tezos um, actually allows token holders in the network to vote on upgrades to the protocol. So, um, you know, it was born out of the observation that like Bitcoin and other first gen cryptocurrencies lack a mechanism to upgrade themselves. And so if you follow Ethereum, for example, they're having a pretty like um, drawn out uh, uh, series of um, proposals to upgrade uh, the protocol, which has been going on for five years. Um, Tezos launched almost three years ago and it's upgraded five times. So it's that's that's kind of the crux behind it. What does an upgrade mean? Yeah, I mean, a, a simple way to put it would be um, adding new code and new functionality to the code base. Okay. No, I was gonna say, I just looked at my, my Coinbase wallet and I was like, wait, I think I own Tezos and I do. Oh, well then, wow. um, you know, so I, I own 32 now. Tezos. Um, that's, that's great. Wow. Thank you for supporting the project. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, basically like, you know, upgrading would be something like, hey, you know, um, we found a tweak to the algorithm that can make it five times faster. Why don't we toss that in there? Um and instead okay. of making a drawn out process where you have to coordinate with many different miners and actors in the ecosystem, um, the Tezos network has a way of just pushing that out in a very passive way. Interesting. And what 
in your terms, what? how would you describe an NFT? Yeah. So, I mean, um, there's a few ways to describe it. Uh, I'll use two images that I think are pretty accessible. Um, basically, an NFT is a digital certificate. It basically says that you're entitled to, you know, something on on the blockchain. Right. Um, another way to think about it is, um, you know, we very literally call it a non-fungible token um, to distinguish it from a fungible token. So if you think about cash, you know, you don't hand over something to the cashier and like look for serial numbers that have like zeros at the end. Like, no, you just hand over cash because cash is fungible. Um, you can use it interchangeably. A non-fungible token is basically something that's been watermarked with some data. Um, so you can say like, okay, this token is going to represent a right to own a Beeple piece, right? And uh and, and the data associated with that um, could be something like metadata that points to a website or it could be a file on the internet. Um, you know, it's, it's the, the flavor is very much up to you. I have a question. They understand this or like they're way more on board than I am for NFTs. And I'm kind of like a real dunce about it. But what is the um, advantage of owning like an art NFT? I understand more like the NBA clip or like a video or a song or things like that. Like the art is where I'm I'm kind of confused or stuck. Yeah, I, and and as you well should be right. It's a pretty recent phenomenon. Um, digital art yeah. obviously existed on the internet as long as the internet has has been around, right? And like, why all of a sudden are things you know being sold for tens of millions of dollars at like yeah. auction houses? Yeah, completely fair question. Um, you know, like, I don't know the answer to that. But basically, um, one thing I would speculate, uh, you know, just just putting on my thinking cap is like, um, you know, typically, this medium has been kind of um, uh, uh, very much loved by certain groups on the internet, but very poorly monetized. So what an NFT allows you to do is basically trade these rights between different groups. So like, finally, you have a way of kind of enforcing scarcity, right? Because you have this single token that can be tracked amongst these different digital ledgers. And then you have, um, you know, basically people who are auctioning these things off. And so there's kind of this, um, you know, sort of artificial scarcity that's that, that can be credibly enforced by a blockchain. And I think that's why people are getting excited about it, because, you know, there have been really good companies that have existed since like the 2010s. Uh, Sedition is one of them. It's got like Damien Hirst, Yoko Ono, like all these famous you know, oh, wow. artists. Right. Um, making digital versions of this, like why hasn't that succeeded? And yet, like you know, the people yeah. auction has been. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would chalk it up to like you know, infor- like digital scarcity. It can be enforced by a blockchain, and um, also like you get to trade it and you have bragging rights. Whereas like most um, digital uh, art that has existed has been very passive um, in the sense that like okay, you download a, a JPEG. Eh. <laughs> that's not as much fun as trading money <laughs> things like you know you're not really yeah. on the edge of a volcano there. <laughs> and do you think nfts do you think it's a fad or do you think it's like the future of art well with art i'm less certain um because it certainly does look a little crazy right now doesn't it um yeah but your example of nba top shot is an interesting one because it really harkens back to something that was beloved in physical format uh the mm-hmm. you know basketball card um, and it's something that can be like really well replicated. Some of the things that you liked, like, I, I don't know if you collected cards when you were growing up, but like I did. Um, and, uh, and mm-hmm. I remember being like, I have a, you know, Derek Jeter rookie card and like getting mm-hmm. very excited and, you know, um, none of my friends had one and that was really cool. Um, it yeah. becomes less fun when there's like, everyone can own it and download it. So it's, it, you know, um, loses the, the novelty oh, yeah. you can, um, when it's more pervasive. Um, so I think like the sort of enforced scarcity from these, from these entities, um, who like tops or whatever, um, make it, make it kind of fun. Um, with the digital art stuff, it's like, there's so much stuff coming through the floodgates. Um, there's a lot of these platforms that don't filter very well or don't curate 
that are just publishing anything. And I think that's becoming less fun because again, like the, the noise, this, the signal to noise ratio is quite unfavorable. Right. How does something like the Kings of Leon album drop? How does that work as an NFT? Yeah. So I'm actually not super sure about that. Cause I looked into it cause I, like, you know, so big news Kings of Leon, like dropping an album as an NFT. So basically what that would mean is like, they're you right. know, selling tokens that have like this data attached to it. Um, it's a Kings of Leon album. That's really cool from like, you know, when people, again, harkening back to physical, um, physical collectible kind of stuff, like you had the box set, you had, you know, um, if I had 20 bucks for Christmas, I would buy one CD and that CD really mattered, yeah. right? Like, yeah. I really like that album. Um, and, and now I just like stream everything on Spotify and a lot of that magic has been, um, lost, right? And, yeah. uh, and, um, so with the Kings of Leon thing, what I, what I think they did, um, you know, is basically they they sold a limited number of these tokens that had um, their album attached to it in some way. Um, the I don't really know the platform that they use. They use like a ticketing platform based in LA that doesn't really look like it could support any of this. And then the rest of it, it seemed to be put together with like scotch tape and discord. So I'm, not, like, <laughs> I'm also not super sure how they're, they're, they're like... Um, publishers feel about this because like I, my understanding and again I, oh, I, right. you're the LA people so now you have to explain stuff to me but um, I I, uh, I, I um, basically you know I don't understand how licensing works with these things and I, I think that's still very much an open question yeah. so, um, so yeah I really don't know the mechanics of it but uh, you know ostensibly I have to assume it's it's like they slapped a they slapped some some mp3s onto onto a token that they called it a day so that's so crazy yeah. right okay um I have one uh question we've got we got a lot of feedback from people especially on Twitter that that nfts or like crypto is quote unquote like bad for the environment what is the truth or the behind that or you know, the information behind that. I'm very happy you asked. Um, so basically okay. what, what, <laughs> what a blockchain is, is basically a distributed database and um, it's supported by a peer to peer network that basically validates um, all the transactions in the database. Um, yeah. They use what's called a consensus mechanism to basically secure the validity of the ledger. That you don't have to know about that. Basically, what you have to know is that <laughs> Good, um, in order to do this, you have to prove that you've burned a certain amount of electricity. And yes. And so um, basically to make the make attacks on the network more costly over time, you have to burn more energy in order to secure the network. So Bitcoin success is proportional to the amount of energy that it it consumes. So, you know, right now, Bitcoin as um, as like, I guess, a a weird piece of software um, consumes about um, the amount of electricity that the country of Bangladesh, which is a country of 163 million people uh, consumes. Right. And like, you know, just a spoiler alert, 163 million people don't use Bitcoin. So it's like disproportionately. Right. Um, Oh my God. And Ethereum, you know, which is um, uh, the second largest cryptocurrency and a competitor to, to, um, to, to, to Bitcoin and as well as Tezos um, is also proof of work. And so they're much smaller. So they're more like Argentina sized um, levels of emissions (laughs) on an annual basis. But I guess the TLDR, is like we can't afford the amount of emissions we have today so adding right. some like extra bangladeshes and some extra argentinas in there like just for pretend internet money to be more secure is a little bit excessive 
Um, right. Where, like, where, why am I happy you asked me this? Well, you know, it happens <laughs> to be the case that Tezos is a proof of stake cryptocurrency, meaning that, um, you know, we don't have the same requirements for energy output. In fact, like token holders um, take on the responsibilities as, of miners and all you have to do is run a specialized piece of software. So it has, you know, a similar carbon emission impact as, as you know, kind of uh, um, turning on, um, you know, a night late at night or, or oh, hell yeah. something like that. Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, okay. So if you're climate and environmentally conscious, yeah. then then that's the absolutely the crypto for you. Uh, you know what? That's that's been converting a lot of people. So um, a lot of people who had been oh. minting things on Ethereum are now are now doing so on Tezos. So um, that's that's been a big, big pull for a lot of folks. Oh, awesome. oh interesting. Wow. So glad I asked that question. What is your thought on uh, this is a question from my boyfriend who i'm to a- i'm to ask you why does um, maria snore at night <laughs> yeah, do you know? have you been to a sleep clinic <laughs> whoa um what about omi oh do you know what is that omi omi uh, it's a crypt it's an nft linked crypto oh i mean you i gotta be honest with you guys like there's there's like five thousand cryptocurrencies listed on coinmarketcap.com i know maybe five of them oh my God. like I, I i have i have tunnel vision uh so yeah um, I, I have them. omg oh, omg coin well that's just you bought that for the acronym obviously yeah of <laughs> course <laughs> no i, I like bought doggy coin doge, because yeah. it was doggy co- doge yeah, coin yeah. years ago yeah. And I made a mm-hmm. shit ton of money off of yeah, it. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, Doge is actually a really great bellwether for the space. To be to be candid, it's, 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 it's usually like goes up in proportion with the market. Um, yeah, X, Tezos is XTZ, which you know is definitely definitely filters for a certain type um, who are just going on the list. Yeah. Alone. Well, this has been really illuminating. This is um, yeah. Very if helpful. people want to uh, support your company or find you online or anything like that, where can they reach you or find you? Sure. I mean, um, my my handle on Twitter is Brightwoman. Uh, my last name is Brightman, and I thought that was a little bit more feminist. Um, but uh, and, <laughs> love it. And love uh, it. and, and uh, you know, the Tezos projects just Tezos. We it was picked because it was an unclaimed dot com. So Tezos dot com is where you can go. Uh, there are better ways them. to name your project. I've I've learned in time, but that one suited me just fine. Um, so yeah, no, happy to be here. Um, you know, thanks very much. Awesome. That's perfect. Thank you so much. We really yeah, appreciate thank it. You. Uh, have a good rest of the day. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Well, it's interesting that hers hers is environmentally con- conscious. Yeah, that's awesome. That makes me feel uh, better about buying cryptocurrency. Yeah. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, 
Tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And now we're going to talk to Chris Chugdin. He knows all about NBA Top Shots, which are NFTs that I own. And he's on this podcast called The First Mint. He knows all about NFTs. So welcome to the podcast, Chris. C- Chris, I'm trying to I'm trying to sign up to be in the queue for the NBA Top Shot, and the website's it, not it's, loading. It's a mu- it's a mutiny right now. <laughs> they uh, they actually announced they actually announced they're delaying it, and they're like, "We'll let you know when we'll be back." Uh, <laughs> That's basically. I set it. my alarm. It went off five minutes. I have ago. at least thirteen fake meetings on my Outlook calendar right now, and <laughs> they they just keep changing it on me. So, hello, welcome to our podcast. Thank you for doing this. You do. You have a podcast called First Mint. I'm part of the First Mint family. The the one part of the First Mint family, right? Yes. The one who um who conducts all the podcasts, and I've actually been a guest on the podcast already, but. LG Doucette is sort of the the OG of the first man. It, it was kind of his brainchild. And he sort of brought in a lot of creative minds that he thought would be good additions to sort of building out kind of a, I guess, like a talent network of sorts to um, to talk all things top shot, but really bigger picture NFTs in general. Amazing. So I have nine NBA top shot moments. I don't know why i have them (laughs) but there's a lot of hype around it and every time they do these things called drops where occasionally at random times they'll give you like you know maybe a day's notice or like you we're dropping we're doing drops where you get like a pack of like three moments or there's like rare moments or there's like rookie moments seeing still they have all these names to them and then people get in line to buy them and it's becoming so popular that most people don't get them because they're like, oh, we only have 25,000. Get in line. You're, you're randomly assigned a number. Like yesterday there was, or a couple of days ago, there was one. I was in line, but I was number 80,502 and they're only Jeez. selling 25,000 of them. Oh my God. And so I've only gotten, I think twice I've been able to get some of these drops. And there's a marketplace where you can sell them for like profit. Like the lower the serial number you have, the more it's worth. Right. It's sort of I'm on the website right now. It's sort of like it's probably the website's a bit foobar <laughs> right now, I think. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, in terms of the serial number, you kind of you think of it as getting the if you had number one, it's like the first one off the press, right? So that's kind of considered the yeah. primo one, right? It's the first one off. And if there was fifteen thousand of them made, you know, number one is the most coveted. And then in basketball, 
or with Top Shot, the jersey match number. So like if LeBron James, if you get the number 23 right. LeBron James, that's oh, considered yeah. a big, a big get as well. And then it sort of, you know, really kind of muddles out once you get, you know, number 2037 isn't going to be significantly more than number, you know, 5028 or whatever. Um, it'll steadily decline, but not by a significant amount. Is it random, like getting a pack of baseball yeah, cards? It's like, when yeah. You, so okay. if you get a pack and it's actually, it's, it's such a fun experience. I mean, like all of those kind of nostalgic childhood, you know, moments where you went to the grocery store or whatever, and your parents would let you get a base pack of baseball cards or something. It's that whole not knowing what could be in there. You could have something in there that in top shot money could like literally change your life. <laughs> like, which is crazy. It's really yeah. fun. Yeah, I mean, you could, yeah, you can, the thing is you could leave it closed and then people are selling them as closed. Like you don't know what's in them. Like people are selling oh. them off. I've opened all mine. Cause I, I don't, I, <laughs> I can't. have one unopened gonna, right what now. Am I crazy? Yeah, you do. I, I, I actually lucked in and got a pack on the last drop. Um, I usually, get, oh, I usually get some terrible number, like, you know, 89,000 yeah. or some crap. <laughs> 30,000. Like, if you're below 20, you know, you might have a chance and I'll get, you know, 121,000 or some crap. But, um, this last one, I actually got a just really low number. It was like 1500. So I was like, Ooh. basically front of the line, <laughs> like 50, you picture this virtual line, you know, so 1500, crazy. you know, <laughs> you're going to get one. So I'm like, you know, you're all excited about it. And yeah, you can see on the site, they'll tell you sort of, here's the lot of what could possibly be in there. So it's, it's really transparent in that regard. And that's kind of Mm -hmm. a big, a big positive of NFTs in general is the transparency aspect of it. I mean, every single, every single NFT that's made, you know, how many there are, you know, who owns which one, when, when they got it, how much they paid for it, if it changed hands, who it went from, you know, and how much was, how much. Uh, money it went for when it changed hands yeah there's like a track like a ledger of everywhere it's been who's owned it how much they've paid for it and that's and that's basically that's blockchain technology which might be a scary word to a lot of people who haven't like looked at it at all but essentially it just means if you imagine sort of a online ledger of buys and sells it just keeps a record of everything and it's and it's decentralized so there's no individual that can kind of like jack with it basically it's a fully authenticated um ledger of transactions basically um to that effect i just want to ask a question real quick like about these transactions it says here on the website that they've made 400 plus million dollars so far so like how much does one deck or whatever one top shot cost so a top shot moment <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't know is that even the right question like i don't call you know called, what question yes, i'm asking the, the how much shot, is a moment they're called moments because they're <laughs> they're essentially a, a highlight a clip right and they don't have sound okay. but nfts can embed sound there's a possibility in the future they put sound maybe you know it's either the yeah. game sound or, or radio announcer or something cool like that um, right but oh, cool. the, the moments themselves can range wildly in price. I mean, you, a lot of the headline grabbing transactions, it, it'll be like a LeBron goes for 200 grand or something. Um, and that's a, it would it's crazy. be, you know, LeBron is essentially, you know, he's Michael Jordan 2.0. A lot of people would, you know, argue yeah. one or the other, but he's easily the greatest player of the last 25, 30 years. And he's currently playing and he has moments. So he's kind of the Ferrari of top shot. Like you don't really care what kind you get. Right. You just want one. Um, but he's yeah. also fetching the highest 
you know, the highest bids. Um, you know, a lot of people think, you know, they spend 200 K on, on a LeBron James moment. And there's maybe one of in, in a series, there's maybe like 25 of those that exist in the world. And so if yeah. you think you have one of those, there's only 25 of them. And let's say Top Shot eventually has a million people signed up and are active in the community. You're one of those 25 out of a million people. You've got a pretty rare asset. Um, so those people yeah. paying 200 are clearly expecting it to be like a store of value. It's like they bought a bar of gold, basically, and they're just going to hold on right. to it and hope that, you know, <laughs> 20 years later that, you know, in some random headline, just like the way they bought it, it's right. look at what they sold it for, you know, $17 million or something crazy like that. Do you think NFTs are going to be around in 30 years or do you think this is a fad or I What's your view I, on that? So I think I think that NFTs will be around. But I think I think NFTs are sort of the you know you had the internet, then you had social media, and then NFTs are going to be kind of this next wave, this sort of evolution of mm. kind of the online online world. The thing the thing about NFTs that hasn't been explored a lot yet. So I guess the two things that you could you could kind of split them in. People will buy an NFT one a store of value, meaning. I'm going to buy this and hope that it goes up in value. It's a store of value. I'm just hoping that it appreciates. Right. The second part of an NFT that I think is why it will have staying power. And I'm not saying every NFT project will survive on this. I think really it, it'll come down to the most captive intellectual properties, IPs. So the NBA, other pro sports leagues like Disney. Could you imagine if Disney made a bunch yeah. of NFTs of like Marvel superheroes? Like kids would go crazy well, for that. Yeah. You know, oh, all of yeah. that stuff. So that's that's the collectible side of it, where it's really that's more it's fun and you hope that it's worth more. But the other side of it, people call the utility side of it. And I'll give you an example. Imagine in some, you know, in the not too distant future, you go to a concert. And instead of a ticket stub piece of paper, you are given an NFT that is a unique identifier of going to that concert and you will forever be able to hold it digitally. It can never get stolen or corrupted or, or lost like a normal ticket stub or, or you mm -hmm. throw it in the wash with your jeans and it's ruined. You will forever have that record of you going to that concert. What can happen then is that record can then be used later. It, this is kind of theoretical, but it makes a lot of business sense for, say, a, a band. They can then turn around and say, hey, everyone who went to that concert, if you have that NFT, show it or, you know, verify it and you'll get 10% off our merch like this month or whatever, or disc or, or early access to a new album or something like that. It's the reason that it works is that it is very easy to verify that ownership. It's not like with a ticket stub where it's like, show me this ticket stub and you get buy one, get one at a local restaurant or something. That ticket stub. So is that different then than like Apple Pass or something where you have your like barcode of the concert on your phone? Like how is that different from an NFT? The NFT, the NFT, the difference between that would be the NFT is a authenticated sort of record of you having that ticket stub. Whereas what you're talking about is essentially just a receipt. In NFT, it's it's a tokenized, you know, NFT stands for non-fungible token, which sounds like a right. gross reward at like an old arcade or something. <laughs> but but um, I mean, surely they'll come up with a more elegant 
word or something. For it, but <laughs> yeah, it, it basically just means it's a unique it's a unique token where one is not like the other. Every single one is different. Um, right. And so, if you had that ticket again for a concert, it could then be used sort of as a key to gain you access to something else down the road. Or you could turn around and sell it to somebody else. What if you went and you didn't really care for that band or you had a horrible experience, but somebody else is like, I'll pay you 200 bucks for it. And you're like, okay, hand it off. And, you know, maybe you regret it later, but maybe you don't, you know, it's kind of a, so that's really the thing about NFTs that to me has like very legitimate business staying power from, from the side of entertainment. And from the side of sports, I mean, again, if you went to a sports game and you had that NFT or with top shots, what if you, you have a Pat Bev top shot? What if they, what if there was some agreement where Pat Bev said, Hey, anybody who owns my moments, like I'm going to send you guys a t-shirt or something, you know, there's all kinds of ways that you can get fan and player engagement going, which I know that that gets you excited. (laughs) That that makes sense to me. That's yeah. That's interesting. That is Kawhi Leonard. I have one of, one of my top shots. I can actually see myself in the crowd. Oh, wow. Really? Did you plan that? Did you know that? That's incredible. Yes. That's why I bought it. That's incredible. I was like, Oh, I can see myself going like, yeah. I mean, that is clearly an extra value add. (laughs) I mean, Oh yes. For me, that thing instantly (laughs) is worth what? 12 grand at least. It's like <laughs> yes. owner, owner yes, also least. in. It's like, it's like, you might, it's like a player owned moment. Owner also, yeah, in. You're also yes. in there. So, and have you heard of OMI? I have not. <laughs> oh, what is OMI? It's a Every time you ask someone that, it sounds I've like been... a prank, Maria. <laughs> <laughs> is he talking about OMG, the cryptocurrency? No, it's OMI. It's an NFT linked crypto. Really? I am not familiar with OMI. I know that there are a lot of projects that seem to be springing up yeah. every, literally every day. I think Patrick Mahomes created one the other day. I know Gronk, uh, Gronkowski wow. is creating one. Gronk's got it's NFTs. It's like Gronk FT or something <laughs> like that. But I think Gronk but, FT. But I think wow. what he's doing is he's actually applying some kind of utility to it, like you can hang out with them if right. you own it or some something weird like that, which, wow, you know. Wow. That's <laughs> Look at Allie's face. Allie is grossed out. <laughs> NFT is like OnlyFans for boys. Yeah. It, 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 uh, wow. they, they could maybe wow. get Sorry, weird. just kidding. I take it, it back. It could get weird for sure. Back. I mean, look, there, there's, it's definitely not lost on creators that um, <laughs> uh, the adult industry, let's say, has thought about NFTs for sure. Oh, um, sure. I mean, you know, get your limited edition, uh, whoever your that, favorite that star That I can is. see how that makes sense. Oh, see, that's interesting. That I can understand. Okay, can I, can, I spit, <laughs> can I spitball one more thing at you? Sure, yeah. Okay, what do you think of this? Oh, boy. Any babies? No. A virtual museum of just NFT artwork. Totally already happening and going to Fuck. be a thing. <laughs> There are people who you can literally put a VR headset on and you are like transported into like the Louvre and your digital art is like prominently featured on there. Um, That that's I don't I'm not saying that's going to be my bag down the road, but that's definitely a thing that that is going on. I think also, I mean, you might have people with, you know, it sounds a little weird, like Star Trekky or whatever. But what if you had like digital picture frames up and you could kind of like 
have whatever your digital, you know, if you had that people that went for 69 million or whatever, wouldn't you want? But they sell those at like Brookstone. They sell those at They never caught on. I have one that's really nice. You have- you it changes too? every day. It changes every day. Like you upload photos to that's it. That's your screensaver, Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> I've never that's seen that. It's new. No, I bet it's we very, just, I bet it's very We just nice. got it. It's called the Aura. Very nice. Very nice. I've seen those before. I mean, Amazon clearly is going to eventually create all of this for us, and it'll be at our doors in two days, and we'll all have Uh, digital frames. Well... We're putting up our own NFT. <laughs> our, we've got a couple really? web crawlers <laughs> NFTs that we are launching on Rarible. On Rarible that we're launching with this episode. That's amazing. So, are you guys going to have any kind of perks for those who own it, or is it strictly, "Hey, own this. It's cool"? And yes, we will have perks. We haven't thought well, about it- that until this second, but yes, we will. I mean, there, there. Are- the price they're at, they start at like 99 cents, I think. What, it's like a moment where um, Maria gets mad at us because we've never heard of the Brave Little Toaster. It's like a one minute clip of her yelling Wait, at you've us. Never, it's like a funny. You've never heard of the Brave Little Toaster? Yeah, I know. Melissa, I have never you. seen Kidding me? Did they There's have... like three of I'm them. I'm sorry. Too. They go to uh, Mars in one of them. I'm sorry. It was weird. It was weird. <laughs> It was like super weird. When it it was weird. And so we're when selling that for like a dollar. There's like 25 of them. Super people. rare. 25. And then there's a moment. There's a web crawler's moment where Allie gets Portos, right? Yeah. Isn't that huge? She gets a huge delivery for, for her birthday. Yeah. Everyone's going to love it. And that's just a picture. That's incredible. Of so you guys, yeah. you, you've really jumped in with two feet. I mean, just let's get it. NFTs. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Maybe anyone who buys an NFT can get a foot pick. Ah. <laughs> I was thinking, Allie, I was literally thinking that. I was like, whoever buys it gets if a foot pick of Allie. Utility, yeah. Like, I really thought that in my head. Utility, I don't know what utility is, honestly. Yeah. We're entrepreneurs over yeah, here. Just, <laughs> the F in NFT stands for foot. Got to take advantage <laughs> of the momentum. <laughs> if people want to find you online or, like, listen to any podcasts you're on or support your business or anything, along those lines where can they find you yeah so i'm at chugs and bugs on twitter um (laughs) c-h-u-g-s in bugs um i like to put out a lot of stuff on top shot and just general kind of takes on nfts and stuff but really right now it's mostly top shot because that's just where a lot of the attention and buzz is at i've got kind of a finance background so i like to kind of lean on my knowledge of just how markets work, because this is very much a new market with a lot of call it animal spirits, where there's just a lot of very wild swings and prices and stuff like that. Yeah. And so it's nice to kind of, you know, look at things even keeled and get that information out for folks that are trying to learn about this stuff. Cause you don't want the last thing you want to see is people kind of piling in and then not everybody's going to come out with a smiling face, so to say on it, you know, so right. that's kind of part of the mission there. And then the other, the bigger group is, is the first mint, which you can look up at the first mint. They've got a, we've got podcasts that go out twice a week. We've got, you know, some live shows on YouTube that, that can be pretty entertaining and informative at the same time. But yeah, that's, that's basically where you can find us. We don't really have a website up yet, but we're working on that. Um, you know, everything has literally started from zero. I mean, I started, that started the Chugs and Bugs account like a month ago, you know, and it's 
kind of oh, just wow. gone oh my from God. zero to wherever it is now. I mean, it's just and look where you are now. Yeah, I'm getting to talk with you guys. <laughs> Fantastic. So. And if you had one cryptocurrency where you were like, buy this, what would it be? So this Good isn't question. going to be a very sexy choice. I, I would honestly just, I would Bitcoin. just say Bitcoin or Ether. I mean, really, yeah. like. Yeah. I I don't think that if you're a beginner and one of the things I've always thought is like, don't really go whole hog on something you don't fully understand. <laughs> like doggy like, coin. Like, like shots. <laughs> I bought doggy coin, Dogecoin years ago. I bought thousands of it years ago. And, <laughs> and I have made some money off say, of it. I'm telling house? you. You got a beach house now. Clearly, right? <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. Yeah. It went into NBA top shots. I've yeah. invested all my money. All in top <laughs> yeah. shots. That's, that's not bad. At least you got cool players. I mean, most of your, most of your, your little yeah. stack is nice. I, I'm, I'm impressed. It's yeah, fun. It's good. It's fun. But uh, I'd say Bitcoin or Ether <laughs> and just kind of go from there. If you really read up on something that you really have a lot of conviction about, then that's, that's your thing. But for me, if you're really starting out, I would say kind of stick with what has kind of been around the most and has the most kind of community wide acceptance, because that's sort of the main key with all of this stuff is it's only as valuable as the person next to you thinks it's valuable, which is good and bad. Right. Because the more people buy into it, the more the more valuable it is. But, you know, you don't want to jump into something because like one person told you, like, hey, have you heard my new coin? You know. Like squirrel coin, like get on alley that. coin, yeah. alley coin. <laughs> <laughs> no, people are going to be buying that up like hotcakes. Um, well, awesome! Thank you so much. This has been very illuminating. Yeah, super helpful. I'm a little bummed that the virtual art museums are already happening, but <laughs> there's still time. We're in there. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Otherwise, this isn't going to be great. Uh, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Well, this has been super illuminating. I feel a little bit more understanding of the whole concept. Yeah, me too. I'm still not fully on board. I'm just going to say. Sure, that's fair. But I understand more. That's all we can ask for. I'm open to different points of view. Okay, okay. But I'm not personally going to purchase an NFT of anything, I don't think. But I encourage people to buy ours. <laughs> so, so Melissa, let's get the facts out there. Where can people get their web crawlers NFTs? Okay. Rarible, R-A-R-I-B-L-E, and I believe it's slash web crawlers. We'll put up the links everywhere. We have three moments that you mm. can purchase. Some of them are limited. Some of them are one of a kind. One of the moments wow, is, wow. is Allie's getting portos. It is a photograph Huge. of Allie's different facial uh, movements while she's surprised, shocked, confused. I mean, we know I'm very expressive. Well, one about Maria berating me because I've never heard of the Brave Little Toaster. It's a minute long audio clip. Wow. And another one is Maria's devil voice. Classic. Wow. It's I mean, that's big. Talking about 69 million. That's going to be the hottest ticket item. And they all start at, I believe, 99 cents or a dollar. But the thing is with this, you have to buy it with cryptocurrency. And this is where it gets complicated. You need to have Ethereum to buy it. And the best way to get Ethereum is through this app that I use called Coinbase. And you can buy Bitcoin. You can buy Doggy Coin. You can buy Tezos. You can buy 
any sort of cryptocurrency through Coinbase. And I've used it for years. And you can try, you can buy like just 10 like Tezos. You know, there's some of them are like 0.01 cents. Yeah, buy some Tezos. Good for the environment. And so then when you go to Rarible, you'll have to put enter your details for your crypto wallet. So that's where it gets kind of complicated. But Coinbase is the most user-friendly crypto app I have used. Yeah. There you go. There you go. There you go. Wow. There you go. We're the future. This is the future. Welcome. Welcome. Guys. Pretty crazy, crazy stuff. Crazy, crazy stuff. Flying um, cars. I'm going right? to start that museum. I don't care what anyone says. I think it's a good <laughs> you idea. Should. That's a great you idea. You definitely should. Yeah. I'm going to talk to someone about it. Um, <laughs> I'm going to talk to Elon. Anyways. Um, Send him a DM. Guys, buy our NFTs. Let us know if this explanation helped you out. It sure helped me out a lot. Thank you to our guests also. Um, I am Allie, um, fungible seagull. Ooh. And I'm Melissa, non-fungible Stetton. And I'm producer Maria Fungi Blasucci. <laughs> oh, Whoa. there it is. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Powered by ACAST. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, Visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.